I'm Mike Richmond, and welcome to our podcast series, Voices of VA Research. Prostate cancer, the second leading cause of cancer deaths among men, is usually found in its early stages and often grows slowly. So what's the best way to treat early stage prostate cancer? Is it surgical removal of the prostate, the first choice of many patients, or is it observation? which involves monitoring using the prostate-specific antigen, or PSA blood test, plus delayed surgery to reduce possible symptoms. Now, a VA-led clinical trial known as PIVOT finds that surgery does not significantly reduce all-cause or prostate cancer deaths for men in the early stages of the disease. The researchers reached that finding when comparing the two options. Here to discuss this is Dr. Timothy Wolt, who led the 20-year landmark trial. Dr. Wilt is a physician researcher at the Minneapolis VA and a professor of medicine at the University of Minnesota. Dr. Wilt, welcome to Voices of VA Research and congratulations on Pivot. Thanks so much, thanks for your interest and thanks for having me on the program. Happy to have you on. Your trial involves 731 men with early stage prostate cancer who were randomly split into two groups surgical removal of the prostate or observation through PSA tests. When comparing the two groups, you found no statistically significant difference in deaths from any cause or specifically from prostate cancer. What do these results suggest? Well, these results suggest that for the vast majority of men, observation can be a wise and useful treatment decision because it compared to surgery can result in similar overall and prostate cancer mortality while avoiding the harms of radical intervention. That should be a good news for patients and information that their health care providers can use to help them make a well-informed and high-quality health care decision. You have spoken in, in the past about uh, negative after effects from surgery and, and the trial obviously uh, reflected that. What are some of the negative after effects from surgery, or, or as you say, radical intervention? Well, we specifically studied surgery, but radiation therapy is another type of intervention that's been studied uh, that also has some similar side effects. But the study, the side effects we found in surgery fall into really two camps. First is the immediate surgical uh, side effects that occur within during or within 30 days after surgery, and those typically include blood loss, infections, blood clots, rarely a heart attack or a stroke, and very infrequently uh, death due to surgery. Those types of side effects occurred in about 20% of individuals. Then there are other longer-term side effects that perhaps aren't quite as serious but can affect the man's quality of life. And those include urinary and sexual and erectile dysfunction. And those were frequent, they were persistent, and really can negatively affect the quality of an uh, individual's life as well as their ability to have day-to-day activity. Taking into account these potential side effects, is this a major reason that you support observation over immediate surgery? Uh, that's correct, especially for men with low-risk disease, which we can talk about in a little bit what that really means, or in older men or those with serious coexisting medical conditions. Because in those individuals, 
really is very small or no improvement in mortality or prostate cancer mortality, yet those men would still undergo harms and the negative effects of surgery. So there, in those situations, the harms would clearly outweigh uh, the benefits. In younger men or men with higher risk disease, it really becomes a bit of a trade-off. There may be some important reductions in mortality, but individuals have to balance that off with the early and persistent side effects of treatment. At the same time, observation is really practiced in the United States, and surgery and radiation therapy are the two most popular forms of treatment for men with early-stage prostate cancer. What does this say about the value of observation? Well, I think this study and other studies continue to emphasize that finding results from research can improve clinical practice delivery. Uh, for a long time, individuals have been worried about the term of having cancer and not doing anything or just observing it. But our study clearly demonstrates that observation, where you carefully monitor someone and provide symptomatic relief if and when they develop symptoms, results in similar survival and reduction in treatment-related harms. In contrast, I think what you're also talking about is that less radical interventions, you know, in addition to surgery or radiation, might be a term called used active surveillance, and that's what's been increasingly being used. And typically the way that's practiced in the United States is that men will undergo surveillance biop prostate biopsies perhaps every year or two years, and that interventions with surgery or radiation might be recommended based on either a change that's found on that biopsy or a PSA value, even if they don't have any symptoms. And the concern with that is that those procedures really have some harms and have never been shown to be effective. And when you compare it to our study and other studies, observation avoids those harms of active surveillance while resulting in similar mortality results. So we're hopeful that for many men, and particularly those with low-risk disease and older men or those who have coexisting illnesses, that the results from our study and other similar studies will prompt individuals to think about observation as preferred treatment strategy. Some of the findings in your trial seem to suggest that mortality results leaned more favorably towards surgery than observations, such as the lower percentages of men who died after electing surgery compared with observation. How do you justify your main conclusion given those results? First and foremost, the results overall showed no statistically significant difference through 20 years of follow-up. The absolute difference is about 5% and non-significant. That's a very small difference over about 20 years and will result in considerable over-treatment at best, and yet those men would undergo considerable harms. What I really want to emphasize is our findings in men with low-risk disease, and let me define that for your listeners. Low-risk disease, in particular, is men who have been detected by PSA screening, which is very common nowadays, and also in individuals who have tumor histology or the results on a biopsy under a microscope that suggest uh, a non-aggressive prostate cancer. And that comprises about 60% of individuals. After 20 years, the differences in mortality were less than 1%, incredibly small. They just did not exist. 
Uh, and so for those individuals, it's clearly a winner for them to avoid the harms of surgery because they'll have a similar long overall survival and a very, very low risk of dying of prostate cancer that would not be improved at all by surgery. For men with higher risk disease, I think, or very, very young men, men in their 50s uh, or in their 40s, I agree that there appears to be some benefit that may outweigh the harms. But I can tell you that in talking with many of my patients, they would say, I, I enjoy the quality of life I have today. That absolute chance of really having my life extended is fairly small and might not be worth the trade-off that I would have to have in my day-to-day -day activity. And I say that not only for prostate cancer surgery, but when I treat patients for a lot of other conditions. Some patients will want to take a pill for a certain heart condition or diabetes. Others will say, you know, I'm okay with where I'm at right now. I just prefer to live my life as I'm doing with a good quality of life and any additional small gain I might get from a surgical procedure or a medication is just not worth the trade-offs for me. And I think that this information that we have from this study will help men make that well-informed decision and that what we found is that for many individuals, cancer is not necessarily a scary word and certainly that cancer for some men can be a serious health condition but for others it's something they can live a very very long and successful life with management with observation now physicians have praised you for the longevity of the trial 20 years and its wide scope more than 50 study sites plus the results were published in the prestigious new england journal of medicine but the entire urological community doesn't share your views about the benefits of observation with debate about the relevance of your trial's findings to contemporary practice. In one case, a VA urologist told me that active surveillance today, which you referred to earlier, is equivalent to what observation was for early stage prostate cancer when the PIVOT study was launched in 1994. What is your reaction to the skeptics and how do you respond to them uh, in terms of supporting the findings in your study? Well, first off, I think it's important that we look at all the totality of science that uh, relates to our treatment decisions. First, there's been really a large swing in, in the thought process over the 20 years. When I first started this study, it was thought to be really almost unethical to directly compare surgery to observation for most men with prostate cancer. I think increasingly we now have at least three different studies that show that observation or active surveillance results in similar overall and prostate cancer mortality compared to surgery or radiation therapy. That's really valuable news and that in reality, the pendulum has begun to shift and that many, many more men are being treated with either observation or active surveillance. The big difference I would have with regard to the use of active surveillance is that unlike observation, it uses surveillance prostate biopsies and intervenes with surgery or radiation even in men with no symptoms based solely on findings of a biopsy or a PSA test. And it's never been proven effective. We know that it has harms. And if observation results in similar mortality to surgery, active surveillance can't be better than that, but it adds harm. 
and in particular for men with low-risk disease, observation results in identical long-term prostate cancer mortality through 20 years and avoids the harms of either active surveillance or immediate radical intervention. That is a wise treatment choice for patients in which I, as a physician, can now confidently recommend to them as high-quality health care. And in terms of the veteran population, uh, many veterans have prostate cancer. How can they benefit from your trial? Well, you're absolutely correct in that this study is completely relevant to our patient population. I've worked at the VA throughout my entire life. And first, I really want to thank the VA Cooperative Studies Program and the Office of Health Services Research and Development for for funding this. I don't think it could have been done elsewhere. And I want to really thank our veterans who volunteered to participate in this study, not only for their health, but so that we can provide information to veterans in the future. What our veterans and my patients can now take from this is that observation can be a wise treatment choice for the vast majority of men with prostate cancer. It can lead to long-term high-quality care, similar long-term overall in prostate cancer mortality. That death from prostate cancer can be very low and similar with observation compared to surgery or radiation therapy, and it can avoid the harms with that. And that they can discuss with their doctors then treatment approaches and other approaches to their health care that can help them live a long and happy life. I'm sure the veteran community appreciates hearing all of that. Dr. Wilt, I want to thank you for coming on Voices of VA Research and hope to have you on again. Thanks so much for your interest and thanks for having me. Thank you. We appreciate Dr. Wilt coming on to discuss his important prostate cancer trial, and we hope to see more of his findings on the subject. You've been listening to Voices of VA Research. Hope you enjoyed it, and please tune in again. I'm Mike Richmond. To learn more about VA Research, go to research.va.gov. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter.